The top stories from the KCBS Radio Newsroom. This is the All Local. Well, PG&E officials say almost 5,400 customers are still without power because of the stormy weather. The South Bay now bearing the brunt of those outages with over 3,400 people still in the dark. 1,700 people remain without power in the North Bay as well. Things have improved in the East Bay. An earlier outage that affected over 2,000 customers has been drastically knocked down to less than 100 folks still waiting for the power to return. Power restoration is estimated to happen sometime between today and tomorrow night. The bizarre blizzard that slammed the state this week is still not enough to end the state's three-year drought. KCBS's Matt Bigler has an update on the snowpack and reservoirs. At least 36 feet of snow have fallen at the UC Berkeley Sierra Snow Lab this season. That's 176% of normal. Lead researcher Andrew Schwartz says Mother Nature isn't done yet. We're looking at anywhere realistically from 5 to 7 feet or maybe even up to 10 feet. So there's plenty more on the way without a doubt. This is fantastic news for relieving California's three-year drought. Many small reservoirs are reaching capacity. But the state's two largest reservoirs, Lake Shasta and Lake Oroville, are still less than two-thirds full. And San Jose State's meteorology professor Jan Knoll says The Colorado River, which feeds a lot of Southern California, has not gotten as many of these productive storms. So still a long ways from, you know, at least hydrologically, the, the drought being over. Californians will likely be asked to continue conserving water this summer. Matt Bigler, KCBS. As state regulators continue their investigations into possible manipulation of the natural gas market in California, the complications of high demand and low supply continue. Even while wholesale natural gas prices in the country this week were nearly 50 percent cheaper than one year ago, the cold winter storm hitting the state could keep prices expensive for a while. Chris Higginbotham, who analyzes energy prices at the U.S. Energy and Information Administration, says there are multiple factors currently at play. In California, demand for natural gas was higher in January uh, compared to what it typically is in January in California. So that demand is going to be having an effect on the prices, the the pipeline constraints, and therefore the cost of transportation, that's going to have an effect on the prices. Low inventories are going to have an effect on the prices. I can't really say one has more of an effect than the other because our data don't point to that specifically. Data from the Energy Information Administration shows natural gas stored in the Pacific region was well below five-year average levels. A 24-year-old man was rescued this morning by a Coast Guard air crew after becoming stranded on rocks below a daily city cliffside. He called the Coast Guard just after four o'clock in the morning after he was unable to reach nine. 911. He was stuck on the cliff for nearly 45 minutes by that time. The Coast Guard relayed the call to the North County Fire Authority and firefighters got to the scene, requested the help of a Coast Guard helicopter after assessing the man's location on the rocks at Muscle Rock Park Beach. He was successfully rescued by a hoist operation just after 7 o'clock this morning and then was flown to the Coast Guard Air Station San Francisco to be uh, medically evaluated. Just ahead on KCBS pot sales on the decline in California. We'll hear more on that in just a minute. Well, it hasn't happened before, but legal pot sales are actually down in California by 8% over 2021. We get more from reporter Bob Brill. 
If the illegal market could not be eradicated, the fact legal sales would be a tough sell was somewhat expected. It costs more. There's state tax on the product. Not so when it comes to a street dealer. But, of course, there is a safety factor when dealing with an illegal dealer. All of those things are true. Remember, we had a a vibrant market for illegal weed for a very long time. So some buyers may still be buying from somebody that they knew and trusted. When the government came in and said, look, now you can go out to the mall, buy it from somebody you don't know and get to pay twice as much. A lot of cannabis users said that wasn't a proposition that was very attractive to them. The safety and the testing is something that uh, only the legal market can really uh, provide to people. Dan Sumner is an agriculture economist at UC Davis. He says the state is still taking in big tax revenue, but not what was expected. And California is only one place where the problem exists as other states look to legalize pot sales. And that was reporter Bob Brill. A former San Quentin state prison guard has been sentenced to 20 months in prison for his role in a conspiracy to smuggle contraband into the prison. 38-year-old Keith Christopher of Pittsburgh pleaded guilty to conspiracy-related crimes. Christopher was employed as a correctional officer at San Quentin and, as described in the indictment, worked in the prison's East Block, that is also known as Death Row. He admitted in his plea agreement. He accepted payments from several prisoners as bribes in exchange for smuggling at least 25 contraband cell phones into the prison itself. Well, it has been years in the making, but earlier this week, Santa Clara County broke ground on a first-of-its-kind behavioral health center for children and teenagers in the South Bay. For more, we're joined on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Sigrid Pinsky, who serves on the Santa Clara County Behavioral Health Board. Thanks for joining us, Sigrid. Oh, it's my pleasure. So tell us a little bit about the facility itself in Santa Clara County. I mean, how overdue is this, and and is there anything <laughs> like it uh, currently? Uh, it's long overdue, um, but I'll tell you, this is a good, a, a good week for Santa Clara County. We're starting, finally. Um, it's long overdue. This, it's, um, it's a state-of-the-art facility that will be able to serve... Um, my focus is on youth, but it'll be children, youth, and adults. But this will be a, a dedicated um, facility for adolescents in mental health crisis. And right now we send, I don't know, at least 35 adolescents a, a week, um, out a month, out to other counties. We don't have anything here that can serve them adequately. And now we will. And that's great news. That's amazing, considering, considering uh, you know, just the sheer size of the Silicon Valley. And also the fact that the Silicon Valley, we tend to kind of be ahead of the curve with most things. Yes, that's, um, well, that's why I brought it to Supervisor Smidian's attention. I suddenly kept hearing, sadly, from friends that their kids were in crises and they had to go up as far as Santa Rosa or the East Bay. And he happened to be at my house for an, a, a holiday party, and I tugged his shoulder and said, we have to talk about this. And he said, that can't be true. And then um, he called me back the next day and said, it, it is true. And I said, I know. And so he, he dogged it. He sprang into action immediately. And the Board of Supervisors here just got this done. I'm very proud of them. Yeah, that's great. So the groundbreaking uh, for the center was just this past week. So what does that mean? I mean, when will it actually uh, be expected to open its doors? It's 
it's going to be open sometime in 25. 25, um, okay. So, so not soon enough, but it's better than nothing. Um, we, we lose kids uh, because we can't serve them, and to have families ripped apart um, is just so tragic. So it's already a terrible, terrible experience for them, and um, we'll be able to serve them here. And it's going to be connected to the Santa Clara Valley Medical Center, which means there'll be a continuum of care. They'll have lots of wraparound services there, which will be wonderful. How do the needs vary when we talk about uh, youth and children, teenagers? I mean, are, are the needs that much different on, you know, say, a mental health front uh, as compared to, to an adult? It, yes, they are. And um, the there are some legal things, but also just the, the, the adolescents, and this, this facility will be for 21 um, beds for patients aged 13 to 17. Um, and then the children, and they're on one, one area, and then children 12 years and younger will have a separate unit uh, for 14 beds. And then adults are different. So it's, the staffing is different, and they have to be safe in a different way. Sure. Will there be, uh, I'm not sure if you can answer this question, but will there be a time limit? I mean, in terms of how long, you know, someone could stay. So you, you said beds, so it's obviously something, you know, a facility where, where you know, youth and kids can stay the night. Oh, yes. Um, I think the typical stay is um, days, not weeks. Um, this is an emergency crisis situation, and so what they'll do is evaluate and get them into some more stable care. So I think we'll be able to serve hundreds of hundreds of kids a, a year. With well, this facility, and as we know, you know it's desperately needed right right about now. It is. I mean, when I talked to Supervisor Smithian in 2014, we were in a crisis then, and it's so much worse now. It's so much worse. Um, the work, you know, I sent kids through the school system here and it's the need is huge huge yeah most definitely Sigfrid thanks for weighing in appreciate it thank you for having me alrighty and that was Sigfrid uh, Pinsky she serves on the Santa Clara County Behavioral Health Board subscribe to the all local wherever you get your podcasts and stream us on your smart speaker 24-7 by saying play KCBS radio 